Hello and welcome to another episode of Sound and Vision with me, Esme Goron. So, hello, how is your Sunday going? Here in Scotland, it is a beautiful sunny day. Finally, it's been dismal recently, but yeah, the sun is making me feel like spring is in the air. Finally. But yes, this week we are going to be discussing the artwork of Carl Larson. Now, if you have not been on this show before, Sound and Vision, um, it's a show where we like to round off the week with a discussion on a specific artist or art movement, and um, I will make a nice synesthetic playlist to accompany the discussion. So hopefully you will uh, be able to see with your ears I'm aware there is, um, you know, being radio and everything, it's all through uh, the sounds you're hearing, but I do encourage listeners at home to Google or do some research afterwards or during the show to have a look at the artwork in which I discuss. So this week, as I said, we're going to be talking about Carl Larsson, um, who is a Swedish um painter who is representative of the arts and crafts movement and i'm very excited to to talk about him he is one of the first artists i was really introduced to um as a child my mum put these uh, posters of his work all over the house and his paintings very much represent sort of the idyllic swedish um, traditional home life and culture which is very dear to me being half Swedish. Um, the specific painting that we're going to look at today though is Lisbeth from 1894 which is a, um, a watercolour painting of uh, his one of his eight children. Yes he had eight children with his wife Karin um, bloody hell, that's a lot, but he um, did very often uh, drawings and portraits of his children, them being his most fond models, and this specific painting from 1894, Lisbeth, is a very charming little portrait of his daughter, which I very much identify with and grew up having next to my bed. So this is a lovely piece of artwork which I do recommend you Google. Um, I'll repeat, Carl Larson, Lisbeth, 1894. Um, but before I bite your ear off and um, jabber on much longer, let's play the first song which I thought of when listening or researching this specific artist. So yeah, let's jump straight in.
And that was Childhood by Beach House, which is a very beautiful song. Um, I picked it because uh, it being called Childhood and the specific painting does remind me a lot of my own childhood. Um, if you have just tuned in, we are, um, well, welcome. Welcome to Sound and Vision with me, Esme Goran. And this week we are going to be discussing the artwork of the Swedish painter Karl Larsson and his work Lisbeth from 1894, which is a uh, beautiful, charming uh, portrait of his daughter, one of eight children. Um, so let's start off this show by discussing a little bit about his life. Um, he um, actually grew up uh, just outside uh, Stockholm in Sweden, and his parents were incredibly poor growing up. Um, his mother and himself were actually uh, thrown out of the house alongside his brother Johan, and they moved into a sort of like a sit or bed sit where um, a home in which uh, three families were in uh, a room at a time, and it was a very filthy and um, it was a um, sort of dirty cholera um, feasting environment, as he describes it. Uh, and he describes his father as being a loveless man, lacking self-control. Um, he drank, ranted and raved and incurred the lifelong anger of his son after an outburst in which he declared, I curse the day you were born. However... This all turned around. When Carl Larson was 13, his teacher at the school for poor children, as it was called, encouraged Larson to apply to the Royal Swedish Academy of Arts, and he was admitted. In 1869, he was then promoted to the antique school of the same academy, which was more prestigious. Um, when he first arrived, he felt quite inferior and culturally uh, alien to the other students however he did progress and went to this antique school which was very prestigious and um, he grew in confidence and became in fact a central figure in the student life. Um, he then moved on to work as a caricaturist for the humorous paper called Casper in Sweden and yeah, that's where it all started. Um, he then did progress to move to Paris. This was in the 19th century, so we're talking the 1870s now. He moves to Paris, and this is when Impressionism was flourishing. So there are, you know, all the ravers in Paris, that's where you want to be, to be a penniless artist, so to speak. However, he was actually not too keen on these poncy impressionist painters he was more of an arts and crafts kind of dude so he moved there he didn't gain much success he was not eager to establish contacts with the progressive french impressionist impressionists um he cut himself off from that mainstream movement of change and instead focused on working with swedish artists and uh, he dwelled in a little um, kind of subsection of Paris where all the Swedes uh, congregated, um, where uh, called Grez, and um, that's where he met his future wife, Karin, um, who was also an artist at the time. And yeah, that coalition of those two artists is what made, I think, Carl Larson's work um, so 
beautiful and famous, really. Uh, Cardin was um, an artist in her own right. However, she was also an incredible interior designer. And if you are familiar with Carl Larson's work, a lot of what people admire about it is the beautiful interiors and, in fact, his actual home in um, Sweden or Sundborn, uh, West Sweden, is um, visited every year by different people um, because of its beautiful interior design. So that was a big chunk of knowledge. However, it was, it, I think it's important to understand uh, that he actually came from quite a poor... Uh, he didn't have the, the best means at the beginning of his life, um, which is what, in the end, I suppose, drove him to move and uh, become an artist. So, yes, the next song I would like to play... Um, this is a old Swedish folk song, and um, I was very keen on this song, actually, in 2020, in uh, during the lockdown, and I discovered it, and it is called... Ooh, trying to okay so i'll say it in swedish and then i'll translate it so somliga går med trasiga skor so that means um some people walk with broken shoes and this is a famous left-wing ballad which i would like to play which i think does resonate with that um sort of that initial upbringing of karl Asson. so here we go Går med trasiga skor Säg vad beror det på Gudfader som i himmelen bor Kanske vill ha det så Gudfader som i himmelen bor Blundar och sover söt Trasiga skor När man är gammal Och trött Vem bryr sig om Hur dagarna går De vandrar Som de vill Medborgare Om ett hundra år Finns du ej Längre till Han tar mig när han 
går med trassiga skor Tills de har slutat gå Jävlen som i helvetet bor Får sig ett gott skratt då Broken Shoes, um, a famous left-wing ballad. Um, I think that song, I mean, it sounds very sort of jolly and folky, however, the lyrics to it are actually very um, moving and um, saddening, uh, talking about sort of impo- impoverished people who only have their face left that they own, <laughs> which um, is quite quite a moving image, really. Um, so Carl Larson, coming from sort of an impoverished family, um, he made use of his artwork to kind of highlight the position of uh, sort of the ordinary, the poor, and especially the girls and women, and domestic life. Um, a lot of his most famous watercolor works are very um, uh, sort of showing, highlighting the domestic scene, which in the nineteenth century was very much seen as the the women's space or the 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 environment in which women had um, control and power, they were like sort of the king of the domestic space <laughs> or domestic spaces. So, yeah, his focus on everyday life kind of makes the sort of magic in ordinary moments which surround us daily rather than extraordinary moments. And he makes things that are maybe trivial or small seem rather special and important and highlights them. But the specific uh, artwork we're looking at today is, in fact, um, Lisbeth from 1894. And this is a portrait of one of his eight uh, eight children. Um, And I really feel as though this painting um, is just like bursting with uh, the essence of childhood. And it's got this very playful, illustrative effect on it and um, he uses very personalised uh, features um, on the face and uh, which expresses a very cheeky expression and I've always had a copy of this specific work uh, by my bed in my room and I really find it reminds me of um, childhood um, in the girls of disarming smile and dishevelled pinafore and stockings. Uh, Larson manages to capture and focus um, sort of the, the 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 subject of children, which is so central to Swedish culture, um, using natural lines and soft shades of red bursting with life. So the next little song I want to play is only one minute thirty seconds. However, this is a very magical um, Swedish ancient sort of folk melody using a nyckelhapa, which is quite cool a funky ancient Swedish um, instrument. So it's called Mirka. Not sure if I'm quite pronouncing that right, but yeah, here we go. (laughs) 
sitt sviga gamla köring som hakar och slickar nackarull. Har och sitt sviga gamla köring som hakar och slickar nackarull. folk over the weeks however there's just something i don't know there's something very charming about the nickel harper and just that folky rugged violin sound um and especially with the swedish um speaking or singing over the top swedish has such a soft and melodic sound to it in my opinion um but yes moving moving swiftly on uh carl larson was very much um sort of part of this arts and crafts movement and any you know art enthusiasts out there will know the arts and crafts movement as being very much ruskin and william morris uh you know very centered in england and textiles and heavy big acrylic oil paintings that are quite you know very richly patterned and adorned with god knows how many different patterns and colors and tones blah 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 super layered super sickly to watch and uh, beautiful but that's uh, very different to Carl Larson who uses watercolor which is gets rid of that sickly effect and instead makes it incredibly light and airy and sort of breathy and fresh um and he very much was sort of part of the he was the sort of linchpin between arts and crafts and Scandinavia and he brought that over to Scandinavia um sort of rejecting the whole French impressionist business in Paris and instead going towards a more domestic scene rather than purely nature um so yeah as i was saying the arts and crafts movement is very concerned with domestic art so it sees um things like weaving and textiles and maybe like furniture building or woodwork as art and it should be respected as art um which is also quite interesting because that's typically the work of women so women would usually be doing embroidery textiles um seamstressness stuff <laughs> but they tend to not be labeled as artists they are craft women or it's more of a time passing activity rather than an art however the arts and crafts movement takes all of these domestic arts and turns them into art in their own right um sort of deriving back to the medieval times where uh craftsmanship was highly valued so this arts and crafts movement was um yeah sort of at the forefront of Carl Larson's work and uh it was very intimately tied to home life and in this case swedish home life and swedish culture um which is why it's so so charming um um swedish design reformers endorsed the arts and crafts principles of bringing art into the home and making sort of good design accessible to everyone so having a nice interior um which affects your mood and affects your 
well, your way of life, your daily life, should be accessible to all, not just the rich. Um, uh, the Swedish author, critic and theorist of family life, Ellen Kay, uh, who lived between 1849 and 1926, wrote um, which means beauty for all which was widely read in Scandinavia and abroad. She also sponsored acclaimed exhibitions featuring workers' furniture. Um, and this is just um, an idea of the whole arts and crafts movement being pulled over to Scandinavia and it being a domestic thing. So championing the domestic space, which traditionally was a very female space, and giving it, you know, some recognition. Awesome. So... That aside, let's play another tune. Um, oh, so we've had a bit of folk. We've had a bit of beach house. I think it might be time for... You know what? I kind of want to play some Swedish rap. The fir- Okay, this is um, an artist, uh, sort of reggae... <laughs> a reggae rapper guy called Timbuktu. And I've only just recently discovered this person and um when i first heard it i found it really funny because i've never heard swedish rap before and that just sounds so bizarre to me but it's actually of course it's super good and this specific song is called alla vill till himlen men ingen vill dö which basically means everyone wants to go to heaven but no one wants to die uh so this is a bit of a sinister turn in today's episode of Sound and Vision, but I do think it would be fun to incorporate a bit of Swedish rap. So, without further without further ado, here we go, Timbuktu. <laughs> Spot that 
Säkerligen ett yrkvist Och tänk på det med mesta Det är ett psykiskt fel Ljudvikt Det testar en psykisk Man får betala för Allt som betyder något Sån är lagen Inget alls Vi kan fly ifrån Jag säger det jag säger Och jag säger inget annat Och det jag säger När jag tittar jag med rätt Som barn att vi är på väg Någonstans Och jag vet inte var Hoppas vi kan komma på det Medan planeten är kvar Skilar grejer och saker Är det något jag har Men ännu så är jag Everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. Uh, that is a reggae rapper artist from the 1990s. Um, I thought that could add a bit of spice to the to this week's episode, and it definitely is quite a bop, absolute banger in my opinion. And it does it is a bit bizarre listening to Swedish rap, but it's such nice such nice sound, such nice language. Um, a nice line in that people want to have the cake and eat it. So you know, a nice turn. For, uh, from the arts and crafts movement but let's dive right back in so as I was mentioning previously Carl Larsson uh, married a, another Swedish painter artist Karin and um, they met in France in the sort of in Grez in this Swedish pocket uh, just outside Paris where all the Scandies were hanging out and avoiding the French Impressionists um, and she was a fabulous artist in her own right but she really flourished in the interior design sector um, so they obviously married and lived in Sundborn in West Sweden uh, Carl and Karin had eight children um, whom all became keen subjects within Carl's paintings um, and the interior designs in his works um, are, is, is basically the work of Karin, who was an interior designer. So it's, in a sense, a bit of a sort of coalition here in uh, Karl's, uh, Larsson's work. He paints and depicts the scene, but Karin is the one who sets it. Um, her domestic life uh, became her medium of self-expression in, an, in a world which very much didn't... Uh, there wasn't much place for women to be artists in, in the 19th century. Um, the place for the women was in the home, therefore she did what she could with that and made her home her art and she did it incredibly successfully and created an absolutely beautiful home. Um, this uh, was put very nicely in an article which I read which goes like 
this. Her home became her canvas, her brush was replaced by needle and thread, her painter's palette became woolen threads and silks. She created a home for her family so full of joy and character and design that we can still learn from it today. And that is very much true. Um, thousands of people uh, go to Sundborn in West Sweden every single year to see their house. Their house is still there with the same interior design. And it's also had a big domino effect on just general um, sort of Swedish interior design in um, even today and sort of the Scandi look um, of just having bold coloured furniture and minimalist but also bold um, and lots of nice patterns and curtains and you name it um, she card intended to use motifs inspired by Swedish folk art traditions and um, of course a lot of inspiration was taken from the arts and crafts movement in the UK and even 19th century sort of Japanese Yuki-e-o uh, prints which had only just started um, being widely accessible to the West as Japan opened up in the 19th century. Um, yeah, so Cardin was very much Karl Larsson's muse. Um, it is put here very nicely as um, uh, she was so thoughtful and quiet, he portrayed her as his idol forever young. She was, in fact, hard-working, hard-headed, and highly creative. Karl relied upon her as a critic of his work. She trained as a painter at the Academy of Fine Arts in Stockholm and Paris, and after the birth of Cézanne in 1884, she turned her artistry to decorating the home, especially to weaving and embroidery. She also designed furniture and her own uh, and her children's clothes. Her most creative period was... Um, between 1900 and 1910. So, in a sense, Carl Larson was responsible for popularising her artwork, which was very much um, crafts within the home, and he does this through his beautiful illustrative watercolour works. So, next song, I'm going to play some Monica Setterlund next, which is my favourite jazz singer, and of course favourite, um, well I suppose favourite Swedish jazz singer of all time, very beautiful, and this is uh, Monica's Vals. Både vinter og vår, og i høst 
considering the theme is Sweden. And hello, if you have tuned in, um, this is Sound and Vision, and we are discussing the work of Carl Larsson, who is a Swedish uh, painter, sort of representative of the arts and crafts movement, um, or the Swedish sort of interpretation of that movement. These, I find that these labels and movement names are as useless as they are helpful Um it's impossible really to to make such have one specific word <laughs> um round an entire movement or an entire time period and style um but yes he is associated with that and um you can see that through his use of uh representing domestic life and um sort of the female space home life and um children and um his nice idyllic depictions of Swedish traditions such as um, midsummer or um, you know Christmas traditions or in Sweden on your birthday it's very common to have breakfast in bed so he does a lot of paintings of uh, everyone walking up the stairs whilst a child is sleeping in their bed um, waiting for the tray to come in in the morning um, and also the idyllic summertime scenes in Sweden uh, I mean Sweden has the most beautiful summers um, and um, you know, swimming in the ocean and uh, you name it. It's all very idyllic and very yummy and very gorgeous. And I feel like his his work is just um, incredibly popular just due to its um, ability to make you feel as though you can strive for a similar sort of life, a similar simplicity and a similar sort of beauty in just the home life and making the home life exciting and accessible and interesting and cosy um it's kind of like a visual diary because he's painting all of his children as they grow up all eight of them may i hasten to add he had eight children paul carlin is all i can say there um and uh he 
does uh, portraits of all of them as they grow up over the years and, and their birthdays and the Christmases and it's like one big diary throughout his life. Um, I mean, he started off his work mostly in oil paints, which are very rich and dark and heavy and thick. Um, and then sort of as he um, sort of moved to Sundborn with Cardine and got married, he shifts to watercolour, which is probably also because... Um, the development of colour production technology in the 1890s, which meant that watercolours were incredibly useful for publishing. So um, his illustrations um, or paintings, however you want to label them, were then published in books, and this made them even more accessible, and um, he got a bit more limelight on them by publishing them and sort of illustrating for nice little stories and things um yeah so um next song i would quite like to play some hawk and hellström uh if you have not heard that before i mean i don't blame you um but if you're from Göteborg or gothenburg uh, if you haven't heard of him i'm a bit disappointed really he is he is like the dude the dude you want to know if you're from gothenburg um which is where i am originally from if i haven't mentioned that previously and this song is again it's a bit cheesy i think the swedes like a bit of cheese if i'm honest but it's just a great kind of rock song you know um and it's called de komma aldrig över for me which means it's never going to be over for me. A classic love story. What can I say? Here we go. Are you ready for some cheese? Are you? Are you sure?
29 now. Hellström, det kommer aldrig vara över för mig. I just a uh, classic Göteborgska tune. Um, if you heard me talking, it's just, it's quite amusing. He's like, oh, I'm 16, I'm now 24, I'm now 39, and it's never gonna be over for me. So tragic. But, you know, moving on. Um, just a classic Swedish tune, really. But we are here to talk about art, not Håkan Hellström. Uh, we are discussing Carl Larsson, and he is a painter, Swedish painter from the arts and crafts movement, or uh, if you want to put him in a box or a, or a specific, you know, stylistic movement, the arts and crafts movement, or it, it's been dibbled and dabbled with that he might also be a bit Art Nouveau, but, you know, it's all debatable. Um his works include also frescoes, oils, um, but we are looking at his watercolours because they are, in my opinion, the most gorgeous ones and the most delicate and um, idyllic. And specifically, we're looking at Lisbeth, which is his 1894 portrait of his daughter as a little toddler sitting on um, a little ledge or piano or something, um, giggling with a cheeky little expression and I've always had that uh, little picture next to my bed growing up and it really depicts, you know, the sort of joyful ignorance of childhood which I like and um, his line work is incredibly intricate and beautiful and I think it's this line work and pa uh, use of pattern and sort of depiction of different textures in his work which is what makes it so arts and craftsy, you know. Um, uh, they love a bit of textile and heavy layering of different patterns and textiles and materials in arts and crafts works and he does this but instead of using oils or acrylics he uses watercolours which is a whole new thing because it makes this previously quite heavy uh, visual experience into such a nice light airy fresh one and um it's so beautiful and fragile and I think the watercolour is probably the, 
the best medium to really be using for the specific scenes he uses because he's, he, he's painting children in their youth, uh, playing and um, just beautiful uh, sort of sunny interior designs and using the watercolour makes it a very airy and bright and also the fragile and um, delicate aspects of it as well. So very gorgeous all around. Um, we are slowly reaching towards the end of today's uh, show, but if you have been listening, um, hello, uh, hello from Scotland, it is a gorgeous sunny day today, hope it's lovely where you are too, um, but we do have some songs left to play, and a song I do actually want to play is by Sudan Archive, and it's Wake Up. Um, this is an artist I discovered recently, Sudan Archive. Her album, Sudan Archive by Sudan Archive, uh, from 2017. Or I guess it's more of an EP rather than an album, but it has um, some really experimental violin stuff, which is pretty funky. And the way she has produced it um, is, is quite experimental and quite edgy and fresh. But this song, Wake Up, I liked the sort of cheeky essence of it and um, yeah it's got a really sort of it's got a childish sort of innocence about it I don't know how to describe it but I'll play it see what you think so this is Wake Up by Sudan Archive
Mars Wake Up by Sedan Archive and I cannot stress enough how much you need to listen to her 2017 EP. She does incredible experimental violin stuff and cool production stuff with drums and rhythm. Uh, It basically makes you want to boogie a lot and it's really awesome so yeah just throwing that out there and that specific song did make me think a lot about childhood. Um, I don't really know why it's that it gave me and it gave me a bit of a fantastic Mr Fox vibe and that sounds really ridiculous but I feel like that should have been in that movie it just has that playful joyousness about it and it very much connotes to um Lisbeth from 1894 by Carl Larson this cheeky little portrait of his daughter um yes so I just find that his work very much um it, it shows this intimate view into private life. And if you think about it, uh, I was reading an article on him and they start discussing sort of pre-social media, pre-Instagram era, which is all very tragic, where people, it's become norm to just have your, your private life out there um, in this photogenic and idyllic way. Um, so anyone is, you know, free to look at your beautiful picturesque life online but this is kind of if you think about in the same it's doing a similar kind of thing it's pre all the social media but it's still it's showing this intimate view very intimate scenes family members um children his wife you know his home uh, his home mess his clutter it's not always tidy but he's showing this these very domestic scenes and they are being printed and um, in, you know, being part of the sort of 1890s sort of boom of the printing press stuff and everything being able to be super accessible um, back then. So it's kind of the equivalent, but just 100 years before. And uh, very brave to be showing his domestic life, but also it's fantastic because it's giving a platform for his wife, Cardin, who is an amazing artist in her own right, but... Um, Obviously, being a woman in the 19th century, it's very difficult once you've had kids and married to continue with that. So she then turns her art into her, or she turns the, her, the, the domestic scene and her home life into her art. And he does so well to um, to use that interior design that she's created and put them into his paintings. And then that gets published. And yeah, it's this beautiful coalition, um, Cardin and Carl very lovely um these lovely illuminating light-filled watercolors i can't express enough how beautiful they really are and how many he did he was incredibly prolific he did many many different scenes and um if you pop on google and do a search you can browse through them and also on uh, he published a lot of his works in books um such as a home just a home that's one of his books and it has a lot of beautiful pictures in showing sort of the culture and design and aesthetic of Swedish 19th century life. So, yeah, we have, I think, reached towards the end of today's show, and I would like to finish off by playing a song by Benny. Uh, Benny, uh, you'll know him from ABBA, uh, the dude with the long hair, sort of sideburns, playing the piano, that's Benny. Um, he sort of pops up in the Mamma Mia movies now and then, bit of a legend really. Um, and this is one of his more kind of, he, he, his music was actually very folky because 
obviously ABBA is like disco fever but um, a lot of his stuff is like folky and Swedish folk and very jolly jolly happy Sweden you know and this one is um, called Briggen's Blå Ögna Blonde Captain and I just love the name of um, this song I mean let me just translate that for you Bryggen's blåögna blonda captain. That is the image, um, the blue-eyed blonde captain of the jetty. Like, wow, that just spits Sweden. Um, It's such a gorgeous image, sort of the blue-eyed blonde captain of the jetty. In Sweden, it's very common in the summer. Or in Scandinavia in general, you go to your summer house and you're just basically on the jetty the entire time, jumping in the water and... um, the blue-eyed blonde captain of the jetty is supposedly a beautiful Swedish lady who is dancing, dancing, swimming and dancing maybe, in the water on this jetty. So I'm going to say goodbye and just have a few seconds of this and then I guess I'll see you next Sunday. Thank you very much.